Hi, this is Jeff Davis. I spent many years just down the road playing rock and roll along the lakefront in Chicago at WLS Music Radio. This year's a banner year for Radio Centennials. That's why I'm happy to wish my brothers and sisters in radio a heartfelt 100th anniversary at 1440 WROK in Rockford, Illinois. Sometimes people just need a really good reason to get back together and enjoy each other. This is one of those occasions. Getting behind the microphone again and sharing those seldom told tales is a special feeling these folks didn't want to pass up. The studio is filled with decades of photos, bumper stickers, buttons, albums, t-shirts, jackets, original signs, and well-deserved industry awards. Here's to WROK's 100 years of broadcasting in Northern Illinois and Southern Wisconsin. And now, more radio stories between old friends on another episode of the Storyteller Studio. Okay, we are at Storyteller Studio. Liz Wilder here and interviewing Howard Hall, engineer Hi. extraordinaire, who, by the way, is already <laughs> looking at our equipment right now. What is that again, Tim? That was our, our what? Our Steinberg. Our Steinberg. I was calling it Sennheiser. Yeah, so Howard's the kind of guy, because he's an engineer, <laughs> he can't just sit down at a microphone. No. He's got to take the screen off, just and he's got to look, it. and he's got to know what the <laughs> brand is. And, you know, it's in your blood, man. You were shot with the radio dart in the neck, too, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Well, my dad was an engineer, so... He used to delight in telling a story about how when I was 18 months old, I was disassembling my toys, not, <laughs> not, not banging them to pieces, but taking them apart. Uh, and he couldn't just throw them out because he was an engineer too. He had to sit there and figure out how to put them back together so I could take them apart again. And how relieved he was when I turned two and started putting them back together myself. <laughs> That's you really good. Because I always had missing parts when I put things no. back together. No, he, uh, that was one of, one of the delightful, one of the parts that delighted him the most about telling the story. Was, oh, I love it. There was, there was never any parts left over. <laughs> what, what was he an engineer for? Uh, he was a civil engineer. Um, eventually, uh, he was like, he spent the last 40 years of his career specializing in uh, sewage treatment and solid waste disposal. Oh, so big oh, wow. stuff. Yeah, his firm pioneered uh, stuff that's still being used worldwide for uh, treating sewage. They caught the intermediate position between the poor little guys in the two-man engineering crew and the EPA when Love Canal hit the fan. Oh, oh no. my. And isn't they, that an interesting term that he used? Being sewage. <laughs> and he says, fan. when it hit the yeah, fan. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, and, uh, they, they got this a couple of, couple of three, four filing cabinets full of the data over the years that Hooker Chemical had properly cataloged. In fact, um, between uh, my dad's firm and the EPA, they basically wrote most of the regulations of that sort of thing from what Hooker pioneered. <laughs> When they started wow. that, would this um, would this have been in the fifties? Uh, when they started it, probably the forties or fifties. Yeah, oh. after World War Two, I think. Holy cow! And uh, they did everything way past any regulations at the time. And then the uh, municipal government came along and started to uh, eventually drilling basements into that. <clears throat> wow. Well, you came by it honestly. That's for sure. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, he's uh, he was uh, definitely a tech head. So when, what was your position at the station? Obviously engineer, but when engineer. did you start? Uh, it was 1984. Um, and was it for ROK? It was for both. Oh, for it was, both. Uh, okay. Engineering for both. The, um, they had had to, uh, the FAA had, uh, FCC had recently required fences around uh, towers in open fields. Oh, okay. And uh, when they had to put up the fences, the fences had cut into what's called the ground plane. Um, any AM antenna will have... Uh, 36 radials coming out from the ground. Okay. Right at the base of it, out uh, 
about the same length or a precise fraction of the length of the height of the tower so that the signal will travel better. So each of the three towers at ROK had had 36 radials, and about a third of each of them had been chopped by the new fence posts. Oh, my God. So that was the original project that they hired me for, was to come in and uh, restore all of that. And how big were the, were the wires? Uh, it was about, uh, it was the next size up from regular house wire. It was about a 10-gauge uh, bare oh, copper wires, just buried in the ground. And, oh, nothing uh, so around it, was, just, nope. it just, oh, just straight out from the towers on, uh, thir- on the 36 uh, uh, five-degree compass points, oh, or 10-degree 10, 10 compass points, uh, just to make sure that the ground acts like the ground when you hit it with 5,000 watts of power. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. Uh, so that was the original project, and that was just supposed to be a temporary, and then they were, they were going to get rid of me and not have another engineer. But it was so convenient to have somebody around who could do that stuff while they were putting out other fires that there was another project and another project and another project. And about a year and a half later, Vern finally came in and, and said, why is that long-haired hippie freak still here? <laughs> not words to that effect, not in, the, not in those so many words, but words yeah. to that effect to Marv. And he wasn't talking about Jack. No, he wasn't. Uh-huh. No. Uh, uh, so they had, to, uh, they had to shuffle me out and uh, hire somebody else. You were there with who? Marv Beasley. Marv Beasley. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was the chief engineer at the time. He was the chief one. Okay. Yep. And so you said that was the first time. So what was the second time? Because I know you. Uh, I worked with you. Well, the first time they uh, they replaced me with uh, Marv was teaching part of the electrical engineering course at and I can never remember if it's RVC or Rockford Business College. Okay. But one or the other, uh, part of the EE course out there. And uh, when he had to replace me, he offered he offered the job to I think the top three kids in that class. One of them took him up on it. Okay. And he was amazing on paper. He could, design, <laughs> he could design circuits in circles and, and, and triangles and pretzels around me. He, could, he couldn't find the right end of a soldering iron twice without hurting himself both times. Oh, no. Could not, after extensive attempts to train him, could not figure out how to plug a microphone into a mixer, and into oh. an EQ, into an amplifier, into a speaker, and get anything out of it but... Oh, no. Are you serious? Even I can do that one. I know. He didn't yeah. play enough with Tinker Toys as no. a kid, obviously. Apparently not. But he was a genius with electronics on paper and stuff. So oh, they just wow. needed to find a different so, hole yeah. for him. Yeah. So did they bring you back then? They brought me back. He, he lasted three months. They brought me back. Uh, that lasted, I think, six months. And they had to, to shuttle me out again. Oh, no. And they brought in um, Doug White. You know Doug. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's a very good engineer. He didn't like some of the things that were going on around there managerially and left, so they had me back again. Oh my gosh. Then they hired Greg Dahl. I know Greg. Re- I remember Greg. He yeah. He replaced me for three months, and he was not competent enough to do my job. But then three years later, he was competent enough to come back and take my job. <laughs> uh, wow, that sounds uh, like Silicon Valley, doesn't oh, it? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it does. Yeah. yeah. Not liking that one at all. No. Well, you mentioned uh, Vern this way. I never had the chance to meet him. What was he like? He was a a great guy. (laughs) He was was brilliant, and he was an interesting combination of a really progressive, forward-thinking tech head and (laughs) and a really conservative kind of of stodgy old fart. (laughs) (laughs) But a lot of fun at a party. He he invented what uh, ended up being the modern cart machine with the, uh, the it was his idea to use the, a tone recorded on the tape. 
which I found fascinating. Up until then, it had been a uh, the splice tape at the loop had been uh, aluminum. Oh, and I didn't was know sensed that. Okay. with a switch, just okay. a, an ordinary switch. Then aluminum would close the switch and stop the tape. Uh, his idea was you could just use straight tape, and you do that with a tone on a track. Wow! And they did it first with the uh, with a monaural uh, one. Well, actually, they came up with the first stereo head, and one track was uh, tone, and one track was audio, and then they split it to three for the uh, stereo carts. Wow! So that then you didn't have to. Uh, it, the problem that, that he was trying to solve was that every single time you queued up that tape, it was at the same spot. So every time it started, the capstan pinch roller would come up and <coughs> stretch that tape a tiny bit more, a tiny bit more, a tiny bit more. Oh. So eventually the first syllable on the tape would be... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if it was a song in the hot rotation oh, yeah. or a commercial oh, yeah. that played all the time during yeah. Christmas, that would happen even worse. And you had to yeah. go back in and, and cut a new master mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. I remember doing that a few yeah, times. Yeah, exactly. And so, so with Vern's idea, you could put that anywhere on the loop, as long as wow. you didn't run off the end and run the splice through with the audio on it, because that would sometimes that would sometimes it'd be clean, sometimes it'd be a little. Oh. Yeah. Wow. But so as long as you had four and a half minutes of song, you could do the the splice finder would find the splice. You'd just cue in a random amount from there, fifteen seconds, and you'll still be away from the splice by the time you get to the end of the song. Yeah. Or commercial, a 70-second card will cover a 60-second commercial with the same kind of random slop so you're not getting that stretched mark in the tape. Yeah. Boy, I'm learning a lot here. I just knew mm-hmm. that I had to record it onto the cassette or onto the cart and plug the card in, push the button, and there it went. There it was. <laughs> you know, I was yep. done. You know, I, speaking of cards, I was uh, on the phone with Johnny Marks. Do you remember Johnny? Yep. Okay. He's up in Madison now, and uh, Johnny usually, he and I usually have like 10-minute conversations, mm-hmm. and then you're done. For some reason, this is like 40 minutes. Holy moly. Yeah, he was sort of in a chatty mood, which was fantastic. And we covered all <laughs> these topics. And one of them was, and I said, I, I really hope that I'm not the only one that that has this story. I really hope that you have a version of this story. And he goes, oh, God, this ought to be good. <laughs> when I hear a song, so let's say it's America, Sister Golden Hair, for the sake of argument. I visualize the label on that cart. I do too. Do you really? I do. Thank too. God. I do not feel as crazy now. I really don't. Oh, and wow. and he the said he did too. And the runtime. Yeah. There are a couple of songs now that I think about that it. You do, yeah. American Pie for some um, reason. Yes. Yes. And now I've forgotten ones. it, but I used to know the exact length on, on the version that we had and the version that the album. I think yeah. it was about four oh two and about eight twenty. All I know is that I could use the bathroom at that time. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. Put something in the microwave and be able to be come back. And yeah, <laughs> and and then when they when you're talking about cart machines too, and then when they came in with the triple decks, you could hit a song, oh, yeah. a jingle, and another song, so you could have three minute songs and still go to the bathroom. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you didn't have to wait for the big long one from Harry Chapin or Don McLean. Oh my yeah. gosh! I totally so, forgot about that. So one. that with that conversation with John, it went down a rabbit hole that I never thought we'd end up talking about. But I, it, so I told him, I says I owe you one hundred and fifty dollars because you know you sure <laughs> talked my therapy through for me. Uh, oh my! <laughs> a gosh. little bit because oh. you dream this stuff, don't you? Right. Well, sometimes I do, especially when I'm stressed. Stress dream. Yeah. yeah. And you feel like you're against the clock with you know ABC News or something like that. I have those dreams all the time. 
Do you have that in an? En- I know he's laughing. Look at him. In an do engineer you, version. Do you have that in engineer version? I have had uh, been a, been a while since it involved radio, because I've been working doing stage work for so long. So, so yes. Yeah, so what are you doing right now? You got out of radio. Got put out of radio. Oh, uh, I don't basically. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Did repairs for a while at Video Lab, and uh, then uh, started working with Creative Audio for uh, the most part. So you know uh, Mark Peabody. I'll be doggone, because I used to take all my stuff down to Video Lab. So there's yeah. a chance you worked on something that I left behind. Quite possible. <laughs> yeah, there's there's uh, really from, good chance of that. Like 91 to 92 and a half. Oh, my. Like wow. Good for you. Wow. What was the most aha moment for you as an engineer regarding a piece of equipment? Mm. When they would mm. bring something in or you would figure out something or invent something and you go, wow, this is not only going to be impressive, but it's going to make everybody's life a lot easier. Because Vern already beat you to the punch on the trip tub thing. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, <laughs> thing. Probably that AM production studio that would, uh, we built. No kidding. So yeah. you built the AM production studio? No, wait a minute. Back yeah. up on that one. Because I only know of the one version. The With one, the, uh, the, the half-inch eight-track yes. and the... Uh, was it dual Atari 4s or just one Atari 4, I think? All I know is that I, I would walk by that. it and go, wow. Yeah, I don't know if I can handle that. that one. I'm really glad I'm in the FM. It was originally uh, an old Gates console like the eight, the, like the FM uh, production studio was, I think, still the when you got studio. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was still the, the old rotary knobs. knobs mm-hmm. Yeah. Gates, those are so reliable. Yeah. <gasps> but, uh, uh, yeah, that was, that was in there. Uh, there was there was a, a console just like that. I still have fragments of it in my garage. Oh wow! Jack and I did that together. I I did most of the design and layout. We decided what kind of equipment we wanted to put in there, and then I just did a rough little bitty sketch about four by four inches on a piece of paper. Oh wow! And uh, and uh, we tilted the top couple. Uh, I think it was eight spaces of the racks, and we equipped it. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was amazing. Okay, so I know we were talking earlier about the heavy, uh, the lids over the turntables, the big, or the, what do you know, you call it lid, covers? Yeah. yeah big covers. The, the furniture. Yeah. The furniture. Yeah. Did you design all that too? Um, well, uh, the, the furniture itself was a, a modular system called uh, a rackus. Oh. Uh, named after the uh, uh, Herbert books. <laughs> Dune. And... Uh, and they were very accommodating. Uh, they usually they would do two tur- turntables under a single lid that was almost four feet long, mm-hmm. and uh, we really wanted to be able to have some tabletop next to the turntable nearest the console because a lot of you guys worked just a single turntable mm-hmm. at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. you weren't actively ping ponging back and Foot forth blocking, anymore, right. like uh, like if you were on air. Uh, so they they did the first split top of that for us. And they had to keep sending us uh, new little gas struts for the lifting action, and we had to add a second one. To, or they added they added a second one to each one to make it lift, and then they had to keep uh, upgrading them until they finally found one that survived. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was yeah, like yeah. the hood of a car. Yeah. yeah. And you imagine if you had no help on a hood of a car, that's yeah. pretty much the equivalency, and you're trying to juggle everything else. And those little devices were, I think, less than a year old as a technology. At oh. that time, oh, I think wow. they had, they hadn't really gotten into very many cars. Yeah, and the ones that they were in, they'd last about six months in cave. <laughs> wow. Was the AM or the FM easier or harder to be an engineer for? Now that is either personalities or equipment or remotes. Ooh. But was there a big difference between the engineering department and looking at us? No, not really. All the same equipment, 
there were more FM remotes generally, I think, than, mm-hmm. than AM. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Rick and Riley would go out and do stuff occasionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and Dan and Doug, too. Yeah. I think that. Yeah. Dan and Doug, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Trip, <laughs> Tell a story. The trip we took to Florida. <laughs> oh. Uh, now I can't remember what the Rockford uh, uh, minor league ball team was called at the time the, the rockford expo was it the expos? That, that stage of it and their um one spring training we got to go down to oh, wow. uh, their spring training with the uh major league team they were uh, connected with and hmm. uh and hang around and uh the one the only thing i regret from going down there was uh I never had, we didn't have the time on the field for me to step into the batting cage oh. uh, I, and, and see some of those machine thrown pitches because i've in the softball field, I've always been able to catch a piece of a ball and put it pretty much within a foot or two of wherever I wanted it. Yeah. But I've never seen a ball that small come at me that fast. <laughs> wow. And it's like, can I ramp up to that speed or I'm going to be going, what, 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 what the heck was that? Because <laughs> sometimes people just flat out, they fold up like a lawn chair when they see the first one come in. Uh, it's like, oh my God, I had no idea. Or yeah. and, I, and I was right behind the guys and I'm still like, uh, maybe, uh, but I don't know. <laughs> Where did wow. you guys broadcast from? Where was that? Uh, and what year would it have been? Uh, that maybe oh, might help me a little bit. Mid to late 80s. Okay. 87, 88, okay. something like that. So Disney had not opened up their facility for the uh, Atlanta Braves yet. So you were probably, probably down, uh, maybe in St. Pete or somewhere like that? Might have been there. Yeah. It wasn't too far south. Okay. And they just got a wild hair up their butt to go down there, um, or was it, it was something some special? Promotional thing with with the team, uh, uh, and and we were doing a, we were doing a tie-in for the season. I think they were covering a number of games. Oh, hmm. wow. you know, that's uh, cool. Uh, Did you take listeners? No, no, no just just, uh, just, just the, the three guys of and I. You know, okay, and the uh, and the Comrex. Oh my God, and the Comrex! <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, and yeah. you know, and you know, Dan Willis lives down in Florida now. Really? And oh, cool. He's in. Um, I, I, I'm almost sure he lives in the villages, you know, oh, which fine. is that gigantic community. Oh. And he runs the radio station at the villages. Oh, oh cool. my God. Like, yeah. Fun. After, the village. All, after all these years. Yeah. Welcome to the village. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would need. I would need a Dan Willis air check. Current one. I would need that to yeah, hear that. That'd be fun. Because, that'd be cool. Because what you just did is all I have to go by. So who's <laughs> to say he doesn't sound exactly like that right now? Yeah. And now you have got an on-air voice, and I know hey. you've used it. Yeah. When were you yeah. on air? Uh, well, um, almost any time uh, during Rick and Riley's show, if there was something to be repaired in the studio or if we were redesigning something, I'd be, I'd be, they'd be doing comedy, and I'd be under the console... <laughs> here somewhere either rick or riley go howard what do you think about that and i'd be like uh yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) throw in some apropos comment it's always it's always so much easier with guys like that who are already batting it back and forth like a shuttlecock to just chime in with something else well and that's that's sort of how spiff carner developed you know on the Uh, fm side because he was in continuity and all of a sudden if he was in the vicinity john arthur would say come on have a seat let's talk about sports oh i didn't know that (laughs) yes and and he goes he goes you can't use my real name you can't do this he goes come on we got to create something and john arthur on the spot said well what about and he came up with spiff dingle (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like really my god and it and it hung it hung with him forever and now he does not have people call him rick it's spiff Spiff. yeah so it's hung with him that long 
funny. And, you know, for those, those kind of guys to go where they went, you know, they worked for Roy Disney at Fox 97 in Atlanta, and they are now in the Georgia Radio Hall of Fame, him and Randy Cook. And, wow. you know, it's just, God, they started here. That's just the coolest that thing. Yeah. A lot of people did, through. Um, or, or came through here mm-hmm. and got a boost up. We've talked about a number of people yeah. that have gone out. We've also spoken with Lisa yeah, Lisa you know, that, yeah. That's who I was trying to think yeah. of. Lisa, Lisa F- yeah, Lisa Fielding. Lisa Fielding. Lisa yeah. Fielding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sharon and I, were trying, my wife and I were trying to f- remember her name for a long time. Lisa Fielding. Joe Soto. Jim Mulvaney. We went into Chicago and spoke with all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, it's like picking up where you left off. Because Sometimes it is, yeah. Because we can all finish each other's sentences. We've all heard the stories before. Uh, you know, poor poor Ken DeCoster, when he was in here, he looked at us and he goes, you know, he's got that posse. He's got uh, Joe Soto and Lisa Fielding and Diane Drake and yep. those people, you know. And they all get together <laughs> for certain things. And he'll say, you know, there's always a time where Lisa Fielding will say, you only have five stories, Ken. And we all know... The five stories. And Ken goes, I really want another story. I said, well, you know. You can borrow one of ours. Yeah, you can borrow one of ours. You got you to build up that arsenal, man, when sure, you get back you in touch with them again. But they know each other so well. That's the kicker of it uh-huh. all, too. Oh, man. So. Speaking of stories, what's your favorite promotion that you had to work with? I mean, like on location? It doesn't matter. His, okay. It, it could be, you know, at the radio station, something happening. It could be on location at a remote. I just remember Big Macs being a big presence for a long time. Yeah, that was some. That was something. Yeah. Was that a Probably. good thing or a bad thing from an engineering's point of view? Both. Okay. No, no. All right. All right. <laughs> Can I tell um, you my Dave Hallow story? Sure. With Dave Hallow, who was another engineer. Okay. He was in my era, 89, 91 uh-huh. type thing. Did you work with him then? Yep. Okay, because he, I think Jeff Glass also. And Jeff Glass, yeah. Okay, the three, I know you were there. We were out on a remote. And he was setting up the Big Macs, uh, and he couldn't get it to get He couldn't get it to go on. He's oh like, no. Liz, I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing here. I mean, I kind of sort of do, but can you check such and such? And I said, Dave, I don't really know much about the Big Macs either. All I do is this, this, and this. And he goes, oh, let me try that. And it works. You know, so. Bingo. Yeah, there it was. He goes, you saved my butt. Thanks. That's great. That reminds me of cut the blue wire, not the, cut red. the red. Cut yeah. the blue. Yeah. Are you sure? It's not the green wire? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that was that was my one Big Mac story well, with I, Dave. And I don't remember there was, uh, I don't remember who was chief engineer at the time. I think it was still back with uh, Marv and Jack. One of the brand new heavy duty 100 foot 12 gauge molded extension cores we bought was wired wrong. Oh, no. And we could not, for the life of us, for a couple of months, figure out why every once in a while DJs who checked out just fine in the parking lot would get out on site and they'd plug it in somewhere and breakers would pop. And they couldn't get it to come up and they couldn't get it to come up. And finally, I just I plugged an analyzer into each one of these cords and I was like, I checked it six or seven times. I could not believe that a molded cord from a factory could be wired wrong. Oh, <laughs> my. Wow. But that was after um, um, the fun of getting it up and running. It came with a, a tremendous amount of PA speakers around the perimeter but built into it yeah. uh, in custom little cabinets that fit. But it did not come with a mixer because they figured that uh, whoever was buying the thing would want to do their own custom deal okay. of some sort. Which was fine, and um, did, I don't remember if we ordered it with 
amps from them or if we bought our own amps and installed them too. Who, who do we buy it from? Who was it bought from? Do you I remember? I can't remember the manufacturer. Mm. Big Big Macs. Yeah, dot com. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> think no, that, no, there no, really weren't any dot coms back then. <laughs> no, I really have no idea. No, I was, was, I was trying big, to remember that the other yeah. day. I was like, I don't know where we got that from, but that's okay. Maybe it'll maybe it'll float back up yeah. at some point. But anyway, uh, so we got uh, we got a bunch of amps and we stuck them in there. I think they were all nice uh, uh, carvers. And then it was time to find a mixer. And uh, this guy, uh, uh, Greg, I believe was his first name, Mackie. His uh, logo is the little uh, is a, a takeoff on the Farfag Nugent guy, <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Um, the things that are in your he was, head, Howard. <laughs> and, and he was just starting out. He was just starting to show up in the uh, trade magazines and uh, catalogs. Oh, cool. And he had this nice little 19-inch wide mixer with 16 channels, four groups, two stereos, and the only thing it, we needed was we needed more post-fader sends so that you could bring a mic up and it would it'd send it to, uh, to every place that you needed it. And... Uh, he did. He was splitting them like a certain. There was like four pre and four post or something. It was getting really technical, but um, <laughs> it's okay. Sorry. So, uh, so I called the number, Greg Mackey. Really? Oh my! <laughs> you answer your own phone? Yeah, I'm. I'm talking to you from the assembly bedroom in the uh, beautiful uh, uh, condo factory floor. <laughs> <laughs> he was hand building the things. Oh I said, gosh. "Well, we're looking at your, one of your little consoles, but we need more pre's. Okay, I'll just wire it that way." Now he's big time. Talk about <laughs> a real custom built yeah. something or other. So wow, that was going to be cool. it was going to be about eighteen hundred for that. Okay. And then one of the salespeople worked a deal for that. You remember that Tascam mixer that stuck out horribly? Yes. That was they traded a thousand dollars worth of spots for that. So uh. that was the mixer that I had to. However, I can now legitimately claim that I mounted a, I once mounted a twenty six and a half inch wide mixer in a nineteen inch rack. I got out my big Ugly. magic wand for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was mounted in that damn yeah. rack. And it stuck out, and it was a hip breaker every time. you. Every single time. You have to be careful. Place. Every single but time. But it worked. When it I go back around. and edit this, all that, when you're talking about racks and magic wand and mounting, these are all going to be metaphors for some other story <laughs> that we will never, <laughs> ever hear. But... I'm okay making up my own story, Howard. Oh, the magic one. I, I'm okay with that. Oh my golly, she was. And the power of the editor will either prove itself or not prove itself Indeed. at the end of this one. Oh my! I was just I was thinking about that on the way here. Uh, uh, the generational differences. How many kids know exactly what the icon for voicemail looks like, but don't have a clue what the hell it is? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that's exactly. exactly. It's a cassette tape. Well, what's a tape? And, 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 and people say that all the time. What's a tape? What are you talking about? Cassette tape. Record, even. Telephone. They don't, they don't have a clue the... what a regular desktop telephone is. Oh, no. You know, remember the hotline? We had to pick that damn phone up. And... Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Well, and there's a lot of people that have come in here. Liz and I have put our 45s on the walls mm -hmm. as just part yeah. of filling space. But they look at these record labels, like Mercury or something like RCA. that, and they're going, oh, my God. And you could literally see them physically go, I remember that as a kid. Yep. yep. And it's the same type of thing. Something yeah. is going to inspire them, and you have no idea where it's going to go. It's really sort of cool. And you've got yeah. mail. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mail? <laughs> yeah. I mean, email? Yeah. No, regular mail. I have to ask you something, and I don't know if this overlapped your time at WROK and WZOK or not, but we were talking about Wicker 
and uh, Lisa Dent, where it's the live billboards, and they're up there for a reason, and they yeah. stay up there until mm-hmm. whatever. The roof sit. Yeah, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, on East State Street, right there by Don Carter Lanes and where the Magna Grocery Store used to be and Maggie's Pub, right in that area, there was a gigantic billboard, and it's probably still there. I don't know if that was the one that had Fred Spear and Ken DeCoster's picture on it or not. But anyway, there was one that had a light associated with it. Do you remember that? That lit up. Yes. Uh, there were um, four it, of them, I think. Four, four separate billboards? Four billboards, I believe, around town. All right. So I need to know how that was happening because it was all promoting our news department. Okay. So yep. when the light is on, the news, news is, on. is on, WROK. Oh. So yep. imagine every time they keyed the mic, somehow that light came on. So tell uh-huh. me, Did back in the day, yep. how, how'd they do that? It was the same size beacons that were strobing on the towers. Those uh, that yeah. are considerably Huge. bigger in your hands than they look like on the towers. And then um, we put a uh, tone onto uh, one of the subcarriers. The, the subcarrier, like, like that carries uh, these days, uh, subcarriers carry uh, Muzak. So that was the main channel. And then on the subchannels, we have um, the older GPS systems have that little box in the middle of the power cable for your car. Okay. That's actually a receiver for an FM subcarrier that carries traffic data. Oh, oh my. It's an older system, but it still works. Wow. In, in big markets like Chicago, there's some station that still has that going right, on. Right, right. And on one of our sub, and we used one of our uh, narrower subcarriers that didn't have to sound like anything decent just to go beep, and then there are de- a little code de- tone detector at the billboard. So they would flip a switch, the tone would go onto the subcarrier, and the device at the other end would uh, uh, switch on the strobes. Holy wow. crap. So tone like as in our cart deck tones? Yeah, similar tone, oh, tone-coded wow. uh, kind of deal. That's really cool. Yeah. For them wow. to have thought that up back then and actually pull it off, I was stinking impressed. <laughs> Yeah, because Howard, it was a pretty cool effect. Howard yeah, deal. it Howard was. Is it, it, well, and it just took the advertising, the billboard, or their purpose to a whole different level. Because now yeah. that billboard is interactive. Yeah. Yep. With the radio station, with the viewer. Yeah. It, oh God, it was so cool. It was a one-pixel LED. God, that's so funny. That's so funny <laughs> that you know that's so funny. Or, well, it was incandescent. Or wow. no, it was a, it was a, it was like a xenon strobe of extraordinary magnitude. So you were saying that these <laughs> lights are are pretty big once you get them in your hand. Are they yeah, bigger? They're... Are they bigger than a basketball? They look like a, no, a dinner size plate. Yeah, something like. Okay. That. I think they're about between six and eight inch diameter and probably Ooh. under a foot high. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. Were you, Were you part of uh, Spiff Dingle Spiff Carner? Crawling up on the top of the tower? No. No, you were not part of that? All the way up to the center? Well, he was was pretty stinking close. I've got a picture out there, and and I don't know how he did it or how, I don't know if the the light bulb changing people were there and they're going, hey, (laughs) you want to come up with us? But somebody was above him taking a picture. Oh, funny. And I can remember they they had the Marty system. So here he's got all this stuff oh, strapped on. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Put over your shoulder and, or and he was he was doing it down to the FM. And, of course, he's all sphinctered up because, you know, oh, here you are geez. climbing up this tower. And in Rick Carner's humor, which is so stinking quick and so easy, he said, um, I think it was Randy Cook. He says, Randy Cook, he says, uh, the offices are opened up now. And he says, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, there's people coming in, you know, for the business day. He says, uh, can you go? And knock on David Salisbury's door. And he goes, well, I guess I can. Is everything okay? And Rick says, he left his lights on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can see, I can see it out in the parking yet. lot. 
It's like, really, Rick? Well, speaking of all these things with the, with the uh, billboards and the Machesney Park Mall, wicker up there all that night. That was one of my favorite memories. Yeah. Was, was Tell me uh, about that one. Oh, that was the weather was brutal, and uh, he was a trooper, and uh, it was that uh, that when it rains Teflon, yes, around, like it does around here once or twice a year. That's the only time one of those. Do you remember those cord wheels? Those yes, nice I ones do remember that we had. Cord wheels, yes, flexible under any. That was one of the few times one of those broke, and it didn't really break per se. It got emptied out and, and plugged in, and somebody left it in, in what became a puddle unexpectedly. It was a pile of snow when they dropped it. Right. It melted, then it froze, and it just popped the welds All apart. Across. I went and got some testers' uh, glue, to, uh, model glue, and stuck it right back together. <laughs> and it worked? Yeah, it was oh just fine. God. It was just the, the black handle just popped apart. So he had but, no uh, coverage was, of the sort? He had a tent. He, he did. Just okay. And, yep. and right. layer after layer of, uh, of Arctic wear. <laughs> I remember being, we had to kind of, yeah, you know, sometimes he'd have to go to sleep, go to the bathroom or whatever, and we'd be up there covering for him. Yeah. Because somebody yeah. had to be on. We were on the whole time. I'd yeah. go to the bathroom, but it was freezing cold. Oh, Do you was. remember the reason why? It why was we, for charity. It was for charities, yeah. I don't remember and what I, charity specifically. I, I don't either. And then I also know it was during the book, too. Always oh. did it during Arbitron yeah. book. So he would stay so, up there until you raised X amount of dollars. Is that the whole the formula? I'll have to ask Jeff. I don't remember time about frame. that. It might have been like a three-day, four-day deal, or it might have been okay. something like that. Something All right. like wind. That, just yeah. curious. Just because of the geography the out there, the wind just comes roaring right up over that roof, mm-hmm. and, and he was on the front edge getting it right over the back of his head. Because mm-hmm. you could drive right up and talk to him, and you know he'd be down yep. there up on top waving, waving at to you. Seeing what's going on, I remember people holding up signs, yep. bringing him food, and we'd have to run down to go to bring it up to him. You know, <laughs> you're running downstairs and all the way back up again, and downstairs and up again, and yeah, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. I'll tell fun. you, we utilized McChesney Park Mall like none other, mm-hmm. more so than Cherryvale or Edgebrook or Northtown or Colonial Village. I wonder why we, that yeah. was. We did a ton of stuff at McChesney Park, and I don't know if it's maybe the way it was built. I mean, it had a huge center court. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if it was just the people going, "Hey, come on out." I have no idea, but we were gigantic all... parking lot. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's and for we sure. were we were always out there. Yeah. Do you have any stories from the newsroom, or did they sort of self-contain and they didn't really tap the engineering like we did? Obviously, because we're <laughs> out everywhere. Well, for uh, for the sports coverage, certainly. And, oh, sports um, coverage. I forgot about that. We built Fred's new vehicle when he got one. Mm-hmm. So he built transit, not the vehicle itself, but no. uh, we took the vehicle and, and built it into a broadcast vehicle. Oh, that's so cool. Similar to that. what we did with the vans. That was probably one of the secondary excellent things that we designed was uh, the patch bay for that uh, FM van. You could take the little connectors and swing the. Uh, uh, output of the uh, transmitter to whichever antenna you had to use if you could use a stick out the door or if you or had to the go, up the roof, had to go up the roof or if you had oh, to do yeah. a, I forgot about that yeah, see we never had that on the am we just had yeah oh, oh, eventually no. eventually the am had one yeah, they, i thought they, they, I, not no. not that i remember it was it was replaced one, the old uh, and i remember the, the old black mariah got got replaced eventually with the, the silver gray i thought i, I built a patch bay for that one that's what yeah. i remember the hydraulic yeah, pneumatic really pneumatic okay yeah yeah. Hydraulic, pneumatic. Okay, Close yeah, enough. I'm not an engineer. Close enough. <laughs> Flip the switch, it goes up. Yeah, exactly. I think I went through six vans at the radio station. They would have one that they'd give away, and then other oh, okay. times, you know, it's a new van, you need a new logo, and, you know, oh. so I went from 
like the rock and roll denim machine all the way up to the bright yellow one. Oh. And we had logo changes. Was must have been after the new building. Uh, no. Uh, no. No, this is all before the new building. Yeah. Oh. The only time I was in the new building was oh. uh, I filled in for Riley for three or four days when he took a bunch of listeners out to spring training in Arizona. Ah. And I filled in um, in that new building, and it was just so peculiar because there was nothing, nothing even close to being the same as the old building. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But I did walk in, and as I was going to the bathroom, I went down, and I peeked in, you know, because it's basically a long hall now with a bunch of, you know, office doors. And as I'm going to the bathroom, I peek in, and you remember those old orange chairs that used to be in the old WROK studio? I don't know why they were orange, but they were just iconic. Yeah, it's like they were. They, they were nowhere else in the building, and they had one of them still sitting oh, way back. Buddy. Of course, Fabulous. nobody ever sits at it. Nobody wants it, but it was like, oh, we can't throw it away. No. I was astonished huh. when they started disassembling the building and tearing down the building, and it was just sort of falling down on itself. Why somebody did not take those gigantic studio doors, because there must have been nine of them, I know. I wish I would have known. How can somebody not have gotten one of them? Because those great portholes. I know. Yeah, it was so iconic, and there was nine of them. Good lord! Wonder where they are now. I don't know. People don't think of it, or ah, somebody else will get it, and then nobody does, and then all of a sudden, it's gone. You know, the bulldozer comes in, and bye bye. Ouch! I know. Mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. What about the sales department? Do you have any stories from the sales department? Um, Because they want things, and they don't care how engineering (laughs) has to. They just have to make it work. Yeah, you got to walk over coals, and they don't care. (laughs) The um, well, just the ongoing uh, challenge of taking the alleged paperwork that they were supposed to fill out about the remote they wanted to (laughs) and making some kind of sense in English Uh from it. (laughs) (laughs) Any particular person? Because I can think of a couple. No, some, some some were better about it than others. Yeah. And some were just chronically hopeless and you just had to chase them around like little children and make them pick up facts after themselves and relate them to you so you could write them into the form for them yeah that's exactly it it's a teacher with a bunch of kindergartners pretty close yeah Yeah. when it comes to engineering because they don't speak the language i mean you teased about speaking english on the form yeah but we don't speak your language think about that true Howard, how long were you there? I mean, time-wise. Like, when did you start in the morning, and when did you end in the evening? Or was there a specific time? It was variable. A lot of the time, uh, Marv wanted it to be uh, 9 to 5-ish. Okay. Uh, and so it looked like a normal job. But a lot of times it had to be night. Uh, like, uh, can't really go into the AM studio while Rick and Riley are on the air and tear out all the cart decks at once. That's and true. replace them with something else. Or or tear out all the wiring to the cart decks, even one cart deck at a time, during that intense a, a time slot. Mm. You have to do that at 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When Leo was on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Babysitting the, the networks overnight. Leo mm-hmm. or Jerry Jensen for yeah. the FM. Jerry Jensen, yeah. yeah. Or Bobby yeah. B. Soder. Bobby B. Soder. For Were the- you back in the Bobby B. Soder days? No, I don't think so. Oh, you must have just barely uh, missed him. Big J. Kelly. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. My, buddy Lane, my late buddy, Lane Bloyd. Oh. Yeah. He passed away a long time ago. I did yeah. not I still have the recording when Lane Bloyd accidentally said his real name on the air. Oops. Ooh. 
Oh, and he dear. got, and, and of course, nobody notices because, right. you know, he yeah. said it so fast and coming out of a song exit, and he got so flustered. I almost <laughs> wanted to give him sign language, go, it's okay, go on, it's okay. And he just kept getting down in that hole. And I don't know how we recorded it, but I still have that recording. Wow. Yeah. That's, cool. That's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I, think, I think I got it from Chuck Doyle. I think that was back in the day when Chuck was on the AM. We recorded a lot of stuff that was callers calling in. And if you get a sweet one, okay, you've got it. And if not, yeah. just start the tape over when, when it's done. Oh, might Speaking have been Speaking of yeah. a sweet one of, of listeners, did, were you ever around when any of the listeners were around for the jocks, be it on a remote or for popping by the windows? Oh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. That Do could you have be anything you remember offhand? <laughs> did you notice mm, that uncomfortable silence? I know, right? <laughs> nothing specific. Yeah. So on the waterfront, that had to be a great big headache for you, wasn't it? And, uh, and a blast. <laughs> and a blast at and the same blast. time. Because um, it was like three days we lived oh, out yeah. there. Yeah. Lived out there. It, actually, it, um, that wasn't as much physical work because a lot of that was just wireless getting Marty to work. Oh. Uh, and that's not too incredibly horrible. Huh. And okay. little, little local PAs just so you, your broadcast yeah. can be heard at the table. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, the raft race. Oh, the was the biggest race. labor-intensive uh, thing because we basically set up PA along about a mile and a half of riverfront. Oh, wow. And Liz, you can adapt to that because of the regatta, regatta. that you do. Yeah, you need uh, to cover a lot of shorelines. Oh, so yeah. much real estate. Man. I never thought of that. Yeah, it's an incredible amount of real estate. We had so speakers working, all up and down. Uh, uh, you were working ahead of time on that then? like Yeah, we, we would start days ahead, yeah. And start setting stuff up, working with the park district, and, uh, and getting uh, at least getting blocks of gear as plugged in as possible behind a locked garage, little garage door in one of their buildings or mm-hmm. something. Uh, the first couple of years, it was all wired, and it wasn't nearly as extensive. But uh, then we actually took a Marty uh, and shot it both ways up and down the bank oh. so that we could uh, reproduce at even further locations. I think we got – I think eventually we spread as far as from um, – Dock north of the Verde Club dock. Okay. Or no, south of the Verde Club dock to Symbol. Oh, wow. I yeah. Think, I think That's a had, long way. Or at least the, the the garage, the same driveway system as Symbol, I think was our power source, and we aimed speakers that way. I don't remember how far we took speakers towards Symbol, but it was in that yeah. little park. Wow. But oh. the, the garage at the south end of that park. Yeah, Sea yeah. Scout like, building. Yeah, that's yeah, it. The yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Good for you guys. That's that's pretty smart. And it was like that was the most intensive uh, labor. But yeah, the waterfront was quite the, uh, the situation. I love the, the the one story about the uh, the old lady that lived on that uh, uh, the walk up behind the backstage of the country stage. Yeah, I know what oh, you're talking about. There's you, a, you drive okay. in under the bridge. Yeah, yes, there's yes, a yes, marina yes. down there too. And that yes. that was the stage, and that that old house with the with the walk up balcony. Yep, yes. an old lady lived there, and she would just raise hell every year until somebody finally said, "Well, what if we just buy you tickets to Florida every year?" And she was like, "Deal, done, done. <laughs> okay, out of here." They bought her tickets to Florida, and I guess a hotel room or something, and maybe and she was put gone. her up at a casino, and she was out of there. For oh the God, week. that's fantastic! <laughs> That is so good. I did not know that. Oh, that's cool. Wow. <laughs> Holy great. smokes, what a story. Oh, yeah. I don't remember how many years she put up with it and, and or had to because they had permits and stuff. But Oh, my <laughs> like, golly. Has there been one specific something that was not reoccurring that was a challenging thing? They, uh, they wanted to be able to hear 
uh, I think was it Wicker that did. Uh, they wanted to be able to hear him all the way down and back up, and then down and back up a couple more times the whole time during the bungee jump. The bungee jumping. Doing yeah. <gasps> Over oh, out God, of out of Pearl Lake when they had that uh, the crane with the the bucket crane set up, they would uh, oh, drop people over the water. So it, it was Wicker, was spl- it? In case the bungee snapped, it would splash instead of thud. Uh, <laughs> was that Wicker? I think that that sounds like a Wicker thing. It sounds like a Wicker thing. And, and this was before sure. that you could easily oh just hook up a wireless mic to them, wasn't it? They they were big we and bulky. Didn't have that, did we? Uh, we we had have... we had a wireless mic, but it was it was almost the size of a very small handheld mic yeah. that you could clip on. Okay. And uh, but uh, I think if I remember right, what I ended up doing was uh, I took a, one of those flat plate mics, those PZMs, and I put one at the bottom of the of the crane and one up in the top, and Marty'd that one down alongside his hand mic. Oh, oh my god! So, could, so you could hear him fall Screaming from right to left or the out. other way, and come back and bounce it <laughs> back and forth in the stereo image. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and somehow, somehow we augmented it. I don't know if he was wearing a mic or if it was oh, just somebody funny. was holding his mic, and we heard him fall away from that mic in the center. And then the stereo image took over. It was, but yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> what did that you, was a fun one. What that. did you do? Did you run one mic on one channel and one on the other? Yeah, we faded one left and one right, and, and then so just blended them together. Yeah, so then he would fall across the stereo image and, and back and forth as the bungee. That's hilarious. Resounded that or wild. rebounded. Never, that's really creative. <laughs> Good you. for you. Did you ever use that system again? We kept those pieces around. And used them all the time. For sure. Oh wow. my gosh, that's so cool. I got a question for you. Doesn't matter what department they came from, could be sales, news, on-air, AM, FM, continuity, doesn't matter. They could be alive or dead at the time, I mean now. Who would you like to have lunch with, and where would you go have lunch? Who would be the person that you would like to sit down and chat with? Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a tough question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the choices of Tim Larson and Liz Weiler are already taken <laughs> well, yeah. because of today. Right. So yeah. we're off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky you. <laughs> no, lucky you. Uh, yeah. Probably, um, man, I don't know, Dave Salisbury. David an interesting character. That would be a four-hour lunch. For himself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a bit liquid. Yeah, liquid lunch. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> Vern himself would be interesting. Probably Lucille, though. Lucille? She's, wow. Lucille, his Lu- wife? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. She was an interesting lady. Uh, was one time she needed a huh. ride somewhere. I think I drove her in, in either their car or the station van or something. And we had a, a lovely chat. Uh, some uh-huh. of it was political. And she was surprisingly liberal in, in some of her political views, but staunchly against that way out there uh, um, Ross Perot. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, she, she was liberal, she was, but wasn't, wasn't Vern... She, he Very was, conservative. He was, he was yeah. a pretty conservative uh, kind of oh guy, God. except yeah. for his, his technological that? thinking was. Uh, he could t- recognize that this idea fits into that idea, and 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 can we make this work? I think the the, the strobes. I think the uh, the strobes on the news when the light is on, the news is on thing. I think the original idea of uh, of being able to trigger something. Hey, can we can we do something like this by remote, Marv? And Marv was like, Yeah, sure, we can uh, just do it on the subcarrier. <laughs> but Lucille, that's funny. I've never yeah. met her, so I, so I don't. What's she like? I mean, I. She's a big, uh, big gal. She's um, big, okay. She's like, a, uh, like a, a, a pleasant old master sergeant kind of like. It's a pleasant <laughs> old master sergeant. Well, that is a contradiction in terms. Yeah, she was a nice old lady, but, but when she wanted her way. Did she get her way? <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Highway oh. or the highway. I mean, they lived, oh, out, wow. in, uh, lived out in Galena. Oh, uh, wow. In a gorgeous house over the lake. 
that concession, I think, was for her, but it was Galena, and it was right on the golf course, which I think oh. was a concession for him. Hello. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So but, where uh, would Howard Hall take Lucille? Lucille Nolte. Nolte. Well, we'd have to. I, I think I'd take her where the engineering department usually ended up eating lunch at uh, uh, Ryan's Steakhouse on State Street. <laughs> We'd have to put it back up. I don't remember what's there now. It's an optical center. Is it? Oh, it is. is. Oh, so my there's goodness. no food there. Yeah. Oh, no. funny. Yeah, boy, a you're you're a high roller, Howard. I'm telling you. <laughs> wow. No Jungle Jims, no Francescos, no Giovanni's. No, we're going to Ryan's Steakhouse. We're going to uh, get down and dirty. Yeah, you I think guys so. hung out there? We always hung out at Covey O'Brien's. Oh, that's right. That yeah. was a big thing, too. Yeah, hey, listen, Howard, I have to ask you. Were you ever on air? Because you've got oh, yeah. pipes. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Rick and Riley would always rope me in whenever I was repairing anything in the studio during their show. But yeah, did but you did you have a, a shift? Yeah. An actual a shift? shift? Um, back when uh, when effects, when audio effects were uh, an expensive thing, we got the most expensive one in of course. time. The Eventide Clockworks Harmonizer 3000 HD. <laughs> And well, the first one actually exploded in Jack's face. Oh no! We we plugged it in and and he flipped the switch, and this huge cloud of white crap came out of the power supply capacitors. Did he get wet over space? Just Uh, like imagine all that. And we ran like hell. Oh god! Because who knows what that's made of? Even we didn't know for sure. And it was in the lab, the bunker back there. So it took a while to clear that out. That was a scary place. I used to never go back. I hated going back there. I didn't even like to go take those readings because it's like, uh, this is like a whole different world back here. (laughs) And then when that door was shut, you didn't dare open it. (laughs) Didn't want to knock on it. Hello? The ramp to the lab. Help me. Well, that that was literally a bomb shelter. Because we were the uh, the center hub for this entire region for the emergency broadcast system, that was literally a bomb and fallout shelter. Was the uh, wow. music but, library uh, that was I, off to the side of the AM studio, was that sort of in that category, too, of if a tornado came, that would be library? one of the places that you would go? Yeah. I think it might have been. Okay. Yeah. I, I sort of remember that a little bit. Never had to use at it. it. At least it, it happened, and it was useful for that. Because <laughs> yeah. it would be almost indestructible under those conditions. So the replacement came in, and it was fantastic. It, it was the first effects processor that, if it said, oh, St. Peter's Basilica, it's not a simulation. They went into St. Peter's Basilica with oh my a gross of little tiny microphones, I think. And they set them up in very precise places in this oh. precision-measured room. And then they sat there and went for several hours wow. and they built the algorithm around the exact math of that room it was like the room and any other effects were equally amazing so we found it was coming up on halloween and uh, i was showing steve the, some of the stuff and he said can you get freddy krueger on that thing yeah that should be right about here <laughs> <laughs> and, and with me doing and with me doing that uh, we patched it in for the for the uh, last shift on the 31st. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and Steve got taken away, and then uh, Freddie got taken away by, uh, uh, what is what is it, his mom at the end of the line? I never have seen the last movie. I've never seen the last movie. I've know. never seen any Freddy of those movies. Freddie got taken away, taken away by somebody. Oh, my God. Who. That's <laughs> fun. <laughs> so I took over the airwaves for, uh, like, from 10 to midnight. That's pretty As cool. Freddy Krueger. Yeah. yeah. Freddy Krueger. Whoa. Howard, Freddy Krueger. That's fun, Howard. <laughs> oh, cool, cool, That was cool, a fun cool, piece cool. of gear. 
Well, any other memories that you can think of? Anything you want to share with us about your time back at ROK and ZOK? Oh, the uh, uh, the pain in the ass fun we had making those damn jukeboxes work. Were you there for the jukeboxes? I was not there for the... Was I there for the jukebox? The jukeboxes? We had 100 disc jukeboxes no, that not. were no. the music source for the FM station. No, no was that was over in that. Audrey's office? Yeah. Sort of? No, I was not around in her so room. Yeah. No. They were meant to be uh, um, literally jukeboxes. They, they had, there was a, a big slot. They were very modular. And there was a big slot with a blank in it that was the coin drop slash bill scanner. Okay. <laughs> for yeah. when you're playing these things. But they were supposed to be the source. You just sit in the, you sit in the studio and you punch up the... Whatever it is to go. The, uh, and in fact, at, at one point, eventually, the computer that was doing the algorithm for the playlist and the rotation was a couple of times successfully dumped its data directly into the system and was able to have the stuff queued up for you when you reached for it. A couple of times. A couple of times. Just not the whole time. But the mechanism wasn't quite ready for prime time, apparently. I I can't imagine it surviving a bar full of smoke and stuff because we were constantly having to knock them down and clean them and clean them and clean them. Was this one of those things that Vern came back and said, hey, I I got this idea, can you make this? Or was this something that somebody offered and you bought it? The idea just rolled in the door one day, and so did the boxes, great big boxes. <laughs> and boxes. I, was, I was like, well, these are kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Until they started malfunctioning every other day. And then you're back there <laughs> with like, the jukeboxes. Well, these are not cool wow. anymore. So did they ever that? get up to speed? For a while. Okay. The, but the, the mechanisms were just not robust enough for the, that kind of continuous oh, industrial use. And yeah. I, like I said, I can't imagine them actually surviving as yeah. a jukebox anywhere, coin-operated or otherwise. Yeah. yeah. That was when WZOK got all kinds of pride about doing the CDs, and they called themselves Laser Rock. You remember I that? I remember the Laser Rock because we had the Laser Rock the logo. Yeah. The logo and, yeah. yeah. There's one of the buttons out there. I got a, I got yeah. a stack of those buttons. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Can you believe we've been through all of this stuff, Howard? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Isn't that weird how things change? I just love it. What have you been doing since radio? Uh, I've been doing mostly stage work. Uh, as in theatrical? Yeah. Uh, sound lighting and video. Oh, Just I thought you were doing like a vaudeville act. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, every once in a while when somebody doesn't show up for sound check, that's my big oh, break. Show gotcha. Just check yeah. one, two. <laughs> I do that really well. And where Sometimes it go to three, four. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But you got to pay him union no, scale right, if he goes right. three, four. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so where is this and what productions and what do you do? And I mean, um, outside of getting them all set up. Creative Audio uh, here in uh, Rockford is the company. Well, we're nationwide, basically. Uh, right now we've got teams out on uh, Bert Kreischer and uh, Nate Bargatze and Jim Gaffigan. We did uh, Impractical Jokers for several years, the stage uh, productions and tour. Um, Alabama, Sticks. Brian Duncan was one of them. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. we did uh, did him. See, uh, now I had it when you first mentioned this. I thought that you went in and you... You set up a theater, like at a high school or a college, and then you were done. No, these are oh, ongoing no. concert ongoing. tours. Uh, the the uh, owner uh, owners of the company do installs occasionally. Okay. In places. Uh, so do you have to do a lot of traveling? Yeah. To keep up with these yeah, people, sometimes. get out of here. Yeah. We did the. Uh, remember the blue collar comedy guys? Yes. We did the the anytime they were in the round. And I just saw a video in. on social media that uh, Bill Ingvall is officially retiring. And so he oh. did a whole big thank you, appreciative. I never thought that I'd be down this 
path and he's got, you know, a Grammy and a couple of platinum albums, you know, yeah. with the comedy stuff. And he was just very, very thankful for where it all happened. And he wanted to, he wanted to thank the, uh, the listeners and the viewers and the he's people that guy, came to yeah. his shows. That's cool. Yeah. He's a great guy. We'll yeah. see how long that lasts. Yeah, right. <laughs> Before he gets he'll bored be and starts again. telling jokes again. Yeah, he'll be back. So again. he'll say, yeah. we've got this project, Bill, and it's only yeah. going to be three days. No. Yeah. It turns out to be three years. Yeah. That's how usually... Call how Howard. You, Call the guys who create well, audio. We yeah. need that. Um, the Comedy Get Down. Yes, I've heard of them. Um, uh, George Lopez, yeah. Dale Hughley, uh, 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 Cedric. And for a while, uh, Charlie Murphy, Eddie's brother, uh, we had most of theirs anytime they were in the round. Oh, wow. All right, so I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Doug Logan. Do you remember Doug Logan? Yep. He was the general manager of the Metro Center he back the, in the day. He was the guy everybody hated, but he actually eventually managed to bring that place out of the red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. And he spoke at our Rotary Club one time. Oh. And, of course, all the standard questions and all the standard answers had already been delivered. And I said, Doug, I got I to gotta ask you. And he goes, oh, God. Because he knew me from my WROK days. Yeah, and, he, and he goes, oh, God. And I said, out of all the people that have come through your venue, who would you love to have back? Not only because of ticket sales and stuff like that. You like them as a person and, and what they did at the venue as a star. And who would you never want to have back? So let's ask you that question. I will. And then I'll tell you his answers. Go ahead and tell us the uh, answers, Tim. So is there too many bad people to choose uh, from? No. no. Okay. Um, All right. Probably most missed the Darcy Lynn gig. Really? Darcy Lynn Farmer, uh, the girl who won on uh, the ventriloquist. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Uh, she's decided to go back to school full time, well, and good for uh, her. and uh, not do this for a while at least. That was such a pleasant show. Yeah. That's Extremely cool. talented. That's yes, cool. very yeah. talented young lady. Good for her. Um, so she's like the Jeff Dunham, the, the Terry version. Vader, all that coming up. But she's what, 16, 17? She's just 18 now, I think. Mm-hmm. No year, kidding. Or 19, perhaps. Wow. No. Wow. So his um, was Garth Brooks. He said Garth Brooks would usually, after a sound check, come in with a box of something, whether it be Garth Brooks baseball caps or T-shirts oh, or cool. whatever the case may be. And he would literally get on the sound system and pull everybody in. So if you were the person that worked for Volume Industries and you did food service and you're back in the bowels of the Metro Center, it'd say, bring everybody out. Not just the stage people, not just the roadies. Bring everybody out. He would just sit and maybe he'd play guitar. And he would just say, what do you do? So who's the person that you would rather not see again if you had the choice? Hmm. That's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and for Doug's answer, it's not because they were necessarily a jackass to him. It was behind-the-scenes stuff. You want me to tell you the answer? Diana Ross, because in her contract, it says that anybody at the hotel, at the venue, doesn't matter. Your, your people that are getting things done are not allowed to have eye contact with her. Eye contact. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. So you want to be famous, and then when you are famous, you put restrictions on it. Oh, that's silly. Yeah. And he just wow. could not believe um, that. So I would be looking her straight in the eyes. <laughs> it's kind of surprising. No matter what. Yeah. Because she's been around just it because. so long. It's yes. kind of surprising that she's yes. actually retained that. Yes, wow. exactly. And get away yeah. with it because yeah. they signed the contracts. Not Ja Rule and Ashanti themselves, but their entourage. They walked in five minutes before curtain. Oh, dear. Mm. And their video production guy 
hands me a flash drive on which we find 42 gigabytes of their material, which I then have to transfer to my computer first, which oh. takes quite a while. Oh, and no. then, having just met the software pro presenter uh, a couple of days before, we're now pawing through 42 gigabytes and selecting out the one and a half to two gig that he's actually going to use and building his presentation right there while they're holding curtain. Oh, for 45 oh, bloody no. minutes. Oh, no. And while he's making up his mind, well, let me see that one. No, let me see the next one. No, let me see the next one after that. Oh, and I'm like, well, this is the kind of, th- and, he's, and then he's griping at me because I'm not instantly fluent on a piece of software I've just met, which I yeah. told him. And I didn't expect to be building your presentation. This is the kind of thing that gets handed to me intact. To right. do, yeah. No, it's not. I'm a professional. Well, no, you're not. We'll just gloss that one over, and I'll I'll pretend I didn't hear that. And, uh, <laughs> wow, wow. So well, I could have done without them. Never have to have him again. They put on a great show, but it's still it's the kind of thing you you take your computer to the bar the night before and you sit there quaffing <laughs> refreshing it. beverages and and just casually putting this stuff together. <laughs> Jeez. Apparently, they didn't get the owner's manual to a tour. <laughs> Guess not. <laughs> My God. That's like that guy that did uh, uh, Fire, the biggest music festival that, that never happened. Oh, yes. They oh, screwed it up. That, uh, he was meeting with uh, like um, Snoop and their promoters and, and people in Vegas, and he was describing this wonderful concert that he wanted to, to be involved in, and they were like, yeah, right. Catch you later, man, because it's so damn easy to put on a festival. Yeah. You go right the hell ahead. Oh, yeah. And they, they walked away, and he did you ever, screwed it up royally. <laughs> did you ever see the documentary on that? Yeah. It's phenomenal. Oh, it's amazing. And he was he the ultimate salesperson because he could, he could bullshit anybody. Oh, I did not see that. Apparently yeah. so. So you get these people that are buying in to be, you know, uh, participants. And wasn't it at some island or something? Yeah. And it was, you know, like down in the Caribbean or something like that. And all these promises. And the the, the logistics fell apart from the very beginning. Oh, yeah. And acts weren't showing up. And it was just a complete train wreck. Blink-182 apologized profusely to all their fans. Yeah. A couple of times. Yeah. For ever having been sucked in. by. Yeah. And sucked in is a very good term. Yeah. Yeah. It gave a good story to tell. He was the kind of guy that had all kinds of big ideas. But you say, well, where's your pen? Well, I don't know. He couldn't have <laughs> the little things. The, he the, keep the little the stuff to bare the necessities. necessities. Yes. Yeah. But you know what? I have a really, really good one, and it's black, and it's really long, and I got it from so and so. Okay, big sales job. Big sales Where job. Is it then? Yeah. Hey, can you write me a note? Well, no, actually, I can't because I can't find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. oh yeah. He was a piece of work. Can't remember his name, but it was a piece of work. The first island that he he was going to do it on belonged to some dead drug lord. Well, and, that... and, and his estate, his estate said, "You're you're doing what on our island? Get the f- out!" Yeah, so that he got thrown the off the island. He originally you know, planned it for. Yeah. Oh god, that's unbelievable! Funny. <laughs> Imagine being hired as an engineer for that type of thing, and of course, you didn't make the deal. Your boss made the deal. You're one of twenty people going down to this deal, and then nothing's there. Nothing's set yeah. up, and not, nobody shows. And there you stand. It's like. Oh, what do good I do? God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. First boat to the mainland is what Howard would be on. Yeah, pretty well, much. Thankfully, wow. Howard you didn't have any of that stuff happen. No, no. none of that. <laughs> yay, yay, none yay. Of that. And I've heard unpleasant things about uh, Ian Anderson and Jethro Tull, ah. that he can be a bit of a diva, but I never encountered that. Um, 
after this, I have one more brush with greatness, but uh, um, I was at uh, this brand new opera house in the middle of Iowa. Gorgeous facility. Uh, one of those places that's built like seven tiers high, but very shallow, so everybody's got a view. But oh, some of nice. them are definitely nosebleeds. Yeah. And the entire usher staff is all brand spanking new. This is the first actual event they've had. Oh, no. And they're all volunteers. <laughs> oh, no. And so they've cornered me as one of the older-looking guys <laughs> oh, no. to ask me, uh, down towards the end of the night, did, did, we've got their, their playlist, uh, their song list. Give us a clue. What's, what's this song down here, uh, Farm on the Freeway? <laughs> Fortunately, the band, one of the bands I was with had been doing that song, and it was, uh, I believe, 8 minutes, 48 seconds on the album. Oh, so I'm, Liz I'm, could go to the bathroom. I could yeah, go to the bathroom. Yeah, you could. It's, it's definitely a bathroom song. <laughs> and uh, and I'm, I'm talking to the, this group. We're standing in front of the back door. Uh, I'm telling them, okay, well, on the album, it's, uh, it's 8.47, I think it is. And, but I don't know if they're the kind of band who uh, just plays the libretto or if they, um, if, if they'll get on a roll and keep ad-libbing for a while. It could go, could go 12 minutes. Who knows? There's no way to, to, to tell. And in the meantime, while I'm telling this, this pleasant, uh, pleasant gentleman with a British accent, excuse me, pardon me, comes through. An hour later or so, we've got most of the stuff set up, and that same gentleman walks out to the center mic with a flute in his hand. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and it's like, oh. and so I, I never encountered anything <laughs> difficult with him, but that was fun. Oh my and, goodness! And, <laughs> and back to Bill Engvall for my other brush with greatness. I'd never met him before. Um, my wife's cousin called one time. Country Thunder, the yeah. event up in Twin Lakes. Yes. One of the first years, they were having trouble finding anybody who knew anything about stagecraft, and her cousin knew that I did, and so she called, and, and they called me, and I and they said, "Well, what can you do?" And I said, "Well, what do you got? Yeah. What do you <laughs> want like, me to do?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You got you got anything more complicated than the monkey boys and girls of Planet Three can build? Because yeah. <laughs> most of that was programmed into these ten things when I got them. <laughs> and so we we went up and we did that. And uh, one of the comedians was Bill Engvall in the middle of the afternoon. He's doing his bit, and at some point, one of the sponsors was Spam, and they had these extremely oh dark blue shirts with the bright gold lettering across six inches high. Okay. And during his bit. Uh, somebody with one of those shirts was walking across the front row, and he said, so, was that spam? I hate spam. There's something wrong with meat with stuff floating on it in a can. And then apparently oh. either he faked it or somebody stage whispered, they're a major sponsor. Oh, oh, they're a sponsor. I love spam. Yeah. <laughs> and he did a couple of minutes on how spam was. Well, then he's, he's coming off, and I'm coiling ropes oh backstage, God. and he comes off upstage left, and uh, he's wiping down with his towel because it was a sweaty, hot day. And... Um, the glad hander comes by with uh, a golf cart full of um, the Jack Daniels rep, the Budweiser uh, representative, and the lady from Johnsonville Brats. And they tell Bill, okay, send that tent over there. We got your meet and greet. And uh, uh, these are some of the, the folks will be on your side of the, uh, of the uh, tape and uh, uh, with you uh, the, from the sponsors. And uh, they drove away, and Bill was still, still there. And I just casually looked around and said, where's the spam rep? <laughs> he fell over yeah. laughing. <laughs> yeah. The spam rep caught your act. That's what happened to the spam rep. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, we're not going to come by your place anymore. Sorry about that. The Johnsonville oh, people fun. stepped in for spam. There you go. God, there's a swap out. Good oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, how much fun. That was hilarious. But then working with him was a lot of fun, too. Um, Part of the, well, in the blue collar, 
or no, it was after the blue collar, after uh, Ron uh, went on his own, when it was Reno Collier was the fourth uh, uh, wheel, hmm. and uh, he acted as host. And one of the things he did was he would go out in the lobby beforehand and pick likely-looking people and hand them a card with uh, to write a question on oh. and their name. And apparently this actually did happen oh. one time, and they carried it with them from there. Then on, they got a question from Lester Boyle. <laughs> the first time out, they were just, they got on a roll with it. And I, it may have been the night that that legitimate question actually came in from him, but then they, they carried that question with them uh, through the rest, and they would just get on a roll. Well, and they, after a while, Bill would eventually say, well, all right, let's just stick a pin in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and it was, and, and there was one night where they just kept going and kept going and kept going. And coincidentally, we were sitting at our gate in the airport, and here comes Bill to the next gate next to us. And I'm like, you guys were really on a roll with the Lester Boyle jokes tonight. And he said, well, we're like 12. You know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we like boogers and fart jokes. Yeah, and, right. yeah, yeah, yeah yep. exactly. I think the tail end of uh, the Blue Collar Tour, where they just are sitting there and they go back and forth, I think that's oh, better yeah. than the individual acts. Yeah. Because it's all impromptu. Yep. Yeah. They're all best friends. And they just throw something out and they'll jab you, knowing that they're hitting your hot button. And then, of course, you know, like Larry the Cable Guy. I mean, he just goes <laughs> off. He's like Robin Williams. All you have to do is say, how big is your cousin? And then all of a sudden, yeah, you, you know, 10 minutes later, there he stops go. his little bit. Oh, it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. That's why they sold so many records. He's a great yeah. guy. Dan Whitney, he's a, he's a great guy. I never knew his real name. He's, See, I like... can't remember what he has a degree in, but it's something complex. He is infinitely more intelligent than Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. Well, I, I can imagine. <laughs> and, this is alter ego. Alter ego yeah. And he can switch the accent on and off, but when he's real excited about something, it's his accent. It's his real accent. <laughs> one time we were up in, up in the Northeast somewhere, and his manager bought him one of the... the, the it, Segways weren't brand new, but the one with the knobby off-road tires was brand new, Ooh. and he bought him one of those for his birthday. And oh. all, we're in the middle of setting up. All of a sudden, Larry comes bombing in from the outside. This thing's great. You guys got to try this shit. <laughs> oh, my God. On the Segway. A whole crew has to drive, has oh, to drive the Segway, his brand new Segway around while we're in the middle of something. Oh, my That's God. That's hilarious. <laughs> wow. Oh, have you ever driven one of those? I never have. Oh, I never have. That's why I'm like, oh, fun. how fun. I, I did three tours of those things, twice in Chicago and one in Tempe, Arizona. Oh, wow. They're phenomenal. That's you got to cool. do it once. We okay, could do we'll one do of our one. podcasts on one. We might have to do We that. could. That'll be our last podcast. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, hey, you know, it's okay. You know, and by the way, could you set up audio for that yeah. to where you could, we could hear each other on the entire tour? Can Probably. you do that for us, Howard? Well, I think okay. your phones can do that. Okay. Oh, now see, I thought it was going to be more complicated than that. You can't charge the big dollars if you just go, hey, use your phone. Uh, well, that's what everybody's oh, using fun. these days. Oh, my God, There's all kinds fun. of little adapters you can plug in now that, uh, I know, that right? give you almost broadcast quality. I all actually, yeah. I, Christmas time, I gave my niece, they had those little things in Meyer store. You plug it into your phone, it's a little microphone. Yep. <laughs> right into your phone. Yep. Yeah. Couldn't believe yep. it. Better quality than the one on board? Because mm-hmm. sometimes some of the ones on board are amazing too. Well, without like, it, even yeah. without an iPhone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, this is, this is the ignorance of me. My son works for a TV station now here, TV 23 right now. Oh. You know, they do 
places around all the time. Well, I, oh, that's easy because I'm I've got Marty in my head. You know that <laughs> that okay. You're shooting it back maybe to a vehicle and then you're on to the TV station. Okay, that's not exactly how it works, but that's what I have in my head. So all of a sudden they take off to the Wisconsin State Fair in Milwaukee, and I'm going, how in the hell are you doing that? And there's no van with a great big antenna. Yep. There's none of that going on. And he goes, it's all phone line. It's all on your cell phone. I go, come on. He goes, no, watch. They went on the Vets roll to Washington, D.C. Yes. FaceTime? And they, cool. Yeah, yeah well, phones? I'm not really sure. Uh, but they're in the bus, and they're broadcasting all the time that they're going. And it's all on the cell phones. All your... Uh, what you called your IP? Is it what it is? Yeah. Where, yeah, I, where they're think, where they're listening to the TV station for cues? Well, I think a good solid 4G signal would handle that. So the 5G oh. would just walk it off like it's not even there. That's what they do. So my favorite it, comeback to a commercial was uh, when 4G was brand new. What are you going to do with your new 4G phone? Probably wander around like an idiot looking for 4G service. <laughs> Because for the first six months, that's what you had to do with the 4G phone. I know, right? <laughs> you got this great big knife and nothing to cut. Yeah. Exactly, right? Exactly. Exactly. I'm proud, though. Oh, yeah. It's got a camouflage handle. Sure. Oh, my God, this is great. Oh, Can't find a tomato. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, 12-year-old boys here. Let me tell you. <laughs> Howard, this has been amazing. I'm so glad you came in to sit me down too. and have a chit-chat with you. So. Howard Hall, who was engineer at WROK, WZOK. Howard, thank you. Good seeing you again. You bet. All right, man. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Storyteller's Studio in celebration of WROK Radio's 100th year in broadcasting. 